Hello, hello, hello. This is Dr. Andrea Little Mason, affectionately known as Dr. Dula. And I am here with another Birth Her Story conversation, interview. If you don't know what that is, go to drdula.com. I am showcasing fantastic, fabulous women, Black women who are doing amazing things. And so, you can see all the list of those that we have done so far, and you can see what I do personally. Um, but today I'm talking to Fatu. Is that correct? Did I get it right? Yes. <laughs> now, I don't know her. This is my first time like actually having a conversation with her. She actually responded to a post where I was mentioning that um, she said something like that she had had a home birth and she mm -hmm. had, it was something about one of the other people I had showcased. Mm -hmm. And I asked her simply, I said, would, would you allow me to interview you about your home birth? And mm -hmm. she said, sure. And then I go and I look up what she does and who she is. And I was like, oh my goodness, she's an amazing <laughs> woman, dance and, you know, Pan-African dance and all these different things. And I'm listening to her and I was just like, oh my goodness, I'm really excited to talk to her. Um, and I'm excited to share her with you. But before we get started with that, Fatu, please yes. tell the people who you are, beautiful. Great, thank you so much. Um, so I'm known as Krista Fatu Silla. Um, Fatu is a name that I was actually given when I traveled to Guinea, West Africa to study. And so it was given to me by my host slash big brother when I traveled there. It's pretty tradition for them to give you a name. Um, so in Jacksonville, Florida, I've had a dance group. Um, we're called Nankama Pan-African Drum and Dance Ensemble for 15 years, actually celebrating our 15 year anniversary um, this year. So um, my whole life is cultural dance. I teach at an art school, Douglas Anderson School of the Arts, and I teach for different after school programs and I run my company. So that's what I do uh, for a living. Um, I also have a background in group fitness, um, which is how I launched a fitness class based on African dance. And I launched that in 2014. And, um, and I'm a spiritualist. And uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I caught the spiritualist part. I caught mm -hmm. that um, because you were saying there were certain things you said in your interview. And I definitely, um, because a lot of the people that end up coming to the, to, um, to listen to the to the podcast or be mm -hmm. the blog are birth-minded people for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, they're involved in birth, whether it's looking for birth things or whatever. But one of the things um, that you stated was you talked about spiritually based dances mm -hmm. and how dances these dances were expressions of faith and spirituality. Mm -hmm. um, and like you submitting yourself in the dance. Mm -hmm. And I sat there at that moment when I heard it, I said, oh my gosh, <laughs> I want to just talk about that because I sense so much with that. If, of all the things that I, I really like to do, I really enjoy dancing. That's a, that's mm -hmm. a thing for me. Um, and in that, I, um, in your, I think in your interview that I saw, they were saying that they try, you said your parents tried different types of dances for you mm -hmm. and that this style, this, what would you call it? African dance? Just yeah, I would say um, Afro-rooted dances. Thank you. A number of them. So yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. Afro-rooted dances. Thank you for that. Um, that you said those were the ones that really spoke to you, that resonated with you and things like that. Could you talk more about that spiritual context of 
that that spoke to me. Expression yeah. of faith. How is dance an expression <laughs> of faith or spirituality or whatever? Mm -hmm. Um. So what's really interesting is you know. But one thing to really be involved in African dance, especially coming from this part of the diaspora, you have to consider yourself a student. So I'm constantly studying, you know, I want to know why I'm doing this dance, who are the people so that I can express it properly. Um, one thing I tell my students um, at DA is, you know, if you don't really take on the essence, then it's kind of like speaking the wrong language. And so everything, even the form is like, it's, a way to speak the language. And so if you are approaching these dances, how you approach ballet or hip hop, it's like you're trying to approach Spanish like you do English. And so you're doing things like saying poor favor instead of <laughs> poor favor. <laughs> like you're not following the rules. So in studying, you know, I, for a long time, I came to the realization that, okay, this is faith-based dance. This is a faith-based dance. This is a faith-based dance. And we realized that before so many of these dances were done for entertainment, they were actually done for ritual. And so a lot of times what we're seeing is sort of a, a friendlier version, a more audience-friendly version, wow. um, more palatable virgin. But there's no way, and I told my students this, there's really no way I can teach them the dances without teaching them the spiritual practices of the people because so many of them are connected. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so when you so when you mentioned like, okay, speak, teaching the spirit, what does that look like, like teaching the spiritual practices? How does that connect? Mm -hmm. Like, um, I, you know, I'm really honest with my students and throughout my career, depending on where I was teaching, sometimes there has been a conflict, like mild conflict, as in, you know, teaching at a school that considered itself faith based and there being parents telling my principal they didn't want their child to take my class because it was African and yeah. whatever they thought African was. So I had the opportunity to meet one of these parents and she came up to me and, um, you know, she said, well, I think it's okay now. I think, you know, I'm just going to call him Johnny. You know, it was, a, it was a little boy. And he can do your class now because I told him, you know, it's okay because African people dance for Jesus too. And I was like, um, yes and no. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I was like, because I'm not going to lie. You know, and I had to tell the principal of that school that, like, I'm not going to lie about the culture. Like, that's not these dances did not come from dancing for Jesus. I'm not going to tell you that, you know, their, their own um, idea of deity and ideas of entities that were being honored through these dances. I'm not going to say it's Jesus when it wasn't. Now, in your mind, you want to do that. That's on you. But I'm not going to say that that's where it's from. So I, you know, I've made a commitment to be honest with my students um, I teach an original curriculum. I teach one that I wrote because there's no standard curriculum for world and ethnic dances in Duval County Public Schools. So I wrote my own. And, um, you know, I just commit to telling them the truth. We're actually on um, right now at the high school where I teach. We're on um, Afro-Cuban dances now. So I'm having to tell them about Orisha because how do I tell them about the movement if I don't tell them who they were, you know? <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, who would think that someone was somewhere telling the children and teaching them just that, you know, that type of historical 
context around it when most mm -hmm. of the time it is detached. Yeah, right. you know, I'm going to mimic this and now you have Instagram and Facebook and mm -hmm. YouTube, and so I can get that dance or right. but not understanding it. Mm -hmm. um, so I mentioned before the um, the dances that you I don't know what you call them now, but the ones <laughs> are the booty dances. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So what what do you call it? What did you call that? I can't remember what you called it. Um, the name of the program was Afroconic Booty Dance. Yes. It, the whole story of how that came about is hilarious. Um, a young musician friend of mine, we used to like hang out because all of us were artists. So we used to hang out and go out and stuff. And um, I have a, a kind of, I guess, style of clothing that, you know, attracts people, you know, they find it intriguing and interesting. And so I had on like a long flowy skirt, it was purple and it looked like in the fabric, they almost looked like cowrie shells. Ooh, and so yeah. when I stepped out of the car, he was like, man, he said, I just really love your style. You're so Africanic. And I just laughed because I was like, I was like, did you just make up that word? And he was like, yeah. And then I kept thinking about it. I was like, I have to do something with this word. So that's where the name came from was just, you know, someone playing around with me and saying, you're so Africanic because <laughs> they couldn't think of anything else to say. And then um, the booty dance was because in my Zumba careers, I was a Zumba instructor, I was a group fitness instructor. Um, for whatever reason, those movements with me began to be popular in the Zumba community. Mm -hmm. So I'd earned the nickname Booty Queen. Stop. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, because, <laughs> just because I have to shout out my friend Gabriela Ruiz. <laughs> she nicknamed me Booty Queen because I liked to do more of the Caribbean and African styles in my Zumba uh, repertoire. And so a lot of the hip movements, you know, people would be like, okay, your booty's mesmerizing. How do we, how do we do that? So I was like, I have to capitalize on this. <laughs> so, yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I really began to be fascinated with the dances around the diaspora that were done to, um, enhance fertility or to express fertility. And I began to really study and kind of group those together and look at the similarities and the differences. And so I put those together all in a fitness format because I also realized how beneficial it was for women to isolate those muscles and move them around. And also realizing women here, how many, they don't have few chances they have to do that. And so I started to think about, gosh, what kind of energy is just sitting up in there, like blocked and thought about our, our you know, us having so many fibroid tumors and endometriosis and all this stuff. So the class was really a way to let women express themselves and unblock that energy. Listen, I tell people, I didn't tell you, I forgot to tell you. Sometimes y'all just start talking good stuff from screaming. I just have my mini fits over here by myself. You know? I love it. You know, I'm a birth worker. We're always talking about uh, fertility. We're always talking about, you know, the different things. You're talking about isolating muscles. You're talking about all the things, like mm -hmm. all the things. Okay, let me collect myself. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Because so first talk to the people, talk to us about when you say 
the dances. These were that that this common thread, you know, around the diaspora and that that was brought here. You know, these were considered. You know, most of the time, what people think about is twerking, as if that's right. the only, you know, context, and that it's just one thing. You know, mm -hmm. um, but I. And, and I think I'll I'll include a link to the video I keep referring to, so people okay. because it was video of um, you teaching your classes makes me wish I was closer to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but um, could you talk a little bit about you know when you say fertility dances and mm -hmm. what does that mean? You know what does that mean to um, so that those of us that especially um, as I say, daughters of the African diaspora can understand that. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, one of them that my mind always goes to, because people's minds always goes to it, is a dance now called Mapuka. And with Mapuka, you, there's a playful like jiggling of the buttocks in all sorts of different directions and from different positions. And the whole point of Mapuka, the Mapuka style dance, was to show you know, if I can do all these things with my hips, like how many children I can have, I can birth a lot of healthy babies. So it was a, a mate <laughs> attraction dance. Um, there's another one. Um, well, when it got to the Latin American countries, it started to be called Punta, but the name is actually Bunda um, in Bande language. And Bunda literally means buttocks. So the bunda ceremonies and doing bunta, even now, you know, people, I don't know, punta's kind of taken a different direction. We know it does when commercializing happens, but the bunda dance was all about, you know, playfully moving the hips around and seeing he could, who could move them the fastest. And they were done as part of a socialized uh, meeting, you know, like you're going out to meet somebody and you're doing this dance. And we've carried so many dances like that with us through the diaspora. So what I've done with my students, um, either at the pre-professional studios where I teach or outside, once twerking, I mean, it, it's always kind of been there. Yes. But I remember there being a specific year. I don't remember exactly when. But whatever year it was, Miley Cyrus did mm -hmm. all the things. And I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Before y'all start relating twerking to her, let me give you <laughs> some historical context. And surprise, <laughs> the parents of the students I was teaching at that time, they were okay with it. Like they were like, thank you for giving them context. And I was like, you don't do it like that. You don't, you don't have to be half naked. Like you can have on a full lapa like I have on. And these were the reasons. So, you know, we started playing around just a little bit in class with hip movement, of course, not so much because, you know, they were children, but I, I just noticed a lot more sneaking off in the corners, twerking going on. I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. We're going to give you some historical context to that. So um, it's really interesting, you know, these movements of the hips, they really have a purpose you know, not just showing off. So I will even, um, with the women that would come to my Africana class, I would even round it back out and end with um, New Orleans bounce, with NOLA bounce. You hear a phone from Big Frida and us doing twerking in that style as a way of saying, okay, now we're going to bring it all back home because this does come from that. You know, it's a little more aggressive, you know, it's a little more uh, 
extravagant, you know, showmanship, but it's still part of that, you know, and, and it's still in a spirit of fun. Everything wasn't so sexualized that it was like sex, sex, sex. A lot of it was just, we're just having fun. We're having fun and, and showing what we can do. So. I, I love that. You mentioned children. Now, one of the things that I, I want you to comment about this because you have been um, able to go and travel mm -hmm. and come back. I know that um, it's not like the dance is just taught. Okay, now you're you're eighteen, you're twenty one. Right. right. <laughs> They're you know these are. I think you mentioned socialized, is socialized, is seen or whatever. Mm -hmm. When we mention twerking over mm -hmm. here or anything like that, it's mm -hmm. always seen as um, something. All of the context is gone, like you said, but any mm -hmm. type of hip movements, you don't have to call it twerking, but if, yeah. if little mama is doing any kind of little thing, you know, mm -hmm. maybe she's just whatever, there's mm -hmm. often assigned to, um, assigned, you know, something derogatory. Right. And experiences, you know, how do you, you said, you mentioned with the children that you taught them, but mm -hmm. not so whatever, because they were children. Right. Can you expound on that? And what does that look like, um, whether it's on the continent or how you teach it here? Mm -hmm. What is that um, graduation like? Often, often, I mention this because when we talk about birth often and things like that, um, here um, in society, the way it is, there is, you know, you're too young to know about that. You're too young right. to know you're too young. Historically, that's not really how we were. Mm -hmm. um, that's not our historical context. Yeah. And there is a gradual bringing, you know, there are rites of passages, you know, mm -hmm. that bring you into womanhood in a certain way. Birth mm -hmm. being one of them, you know, first moon cycle being one, you know, but it's not just a, okay, you're on or you're off. So right. when you talk to the children, like just, if you could just explain a little, what is that like? Um, I think the Caribbean islands have kept more of its authenticity right. than we have in the United States. Right. Um, if you could just talk about that. Um, so, yeah, I think what I what I did is kind of I took the mild for like I told them the history. And I told them, okay, you all are all into twerking now. Let me tell you that Miley Cyrus didn't do anything new. <laughs> Let me tell you that such and such is not doing anything new. And then I talked to them about um, the Bunda dance, Bunda slash Punta. I talked to them about um, the Mapuka. And I just really did milder versions, you know, with them. Um, just so they, they could get their satisfaction of playing around, but not doing too much. And then it was cute because then the parents were like, okay, when are you going to schedule a class to teach us the, the whole, the real <laughs> stuff? <laughs> um, so um, one of the things I did, I set a piece um, where did the, they did the traditional piece that people are always looking for from me. And then there's a point where they went off and they changed and they came back in more, um, up-to-date gear, but still having African fabric, and they did sukus, and they did a more contemporary style of sukus, and I chose that one because I knew that if any of the parents had a question or eyebrow raise, they could easily look up videos of sukus and see children dancing, 
dancing it. So they'd see that the children were right there getting it too. And yes, it's hip movement. And I explained about, you know, the Congolese association and how so much of the Congo dances are just in the hips. It's a very central and rooted dance. So that's how you move and everybody does it, you know, no matter what age they are. So, um, so even, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish. Well, just, you know, trying to find that balance of respecting where I am. So like, I don't get fired, <laughs> but also like telling the truth, you know, because I, you know, and, and I think, I think we do a big disservice to our children, not speaking honestly about, about this stuff to them, because that's kind of where it becomes taboo and whatever becomes taboo becomes even more interesting. Right. And like I've explained to them, you can even see it in the attitude between, you know, younger people dancing some of those dances on the continent versus, you know, like twerking here. It's so aggressive. You know, I still consider it a dance form. You know, I call myself a dance anthropologist. So I'm studying the evolution. So <laughs> I still consider it legitimate, but it is so look, 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 look at me. Like it's still so like that. It's like this urge to be seen. Whereas if you see people dance it, you know, in other places and you know, away from here, it's a very relaxed, like, this is just what it is, you know? And that's something that little kids will start mimicking as they're, mm -hmm. when they're younger. Like, right. I, like, okay, so in my mind, and I heard someone say it once, you know, like, um, in, in many Black families, you know, there's, you know, when it's time to dance, it's like, come on, little, you know, from the time they're little, you know, you're, right. encouraging, you're encouraging the dance, you're encouraging mm -hmm. the dance. And so whatever they've seen or whatever they're trying to do there, you know, they might be mimicking a parent or mimic, and then this can be a little one, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily like that in majority culture. Right. Um, set up that way. Is, is that one of those things that we brought over here as well? Like, um, just that whole context of you learn, you know, you're in the family, we're here, right. there's music, we're dancing. Is that when you said people of all ages, you know, mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. that like from the littlest one finding their bearings on their feet to the oldest elder that mm -hmm. are doing these dancing is there's no shame and there's no, oh, you, you know, can you, you know, you get what I'm saying? Is it like right. that? Yeah, I think I think it's definitely just part of who we are to involve the whole family. And, you know, with the way we often have to live here, we get away from that. You know, we get away from having our kids around us when certain things are going on. And then we pick up those ideas that this is inappropriate. They shouldn't be around, but it's because we already think it's inappropriate. You know, some things are inappropriate. <laughs> but, you know, I... I think, like I said, I think we just do kids so much of a disservice. Um, even when I was in Guinea, um, what I watched was in the context of the drumming, the children would sit near where the drummers were and they would mimic, but they would have buckets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, so they were getting it from very young just by watching. And then eventually maybe someone would just give them a drum or their parents would give them, you know, would get them one. Um, you know, one of the drummers may adopt them and be like, this this is going to be a djembe fola. This is going to be a djembe master, petit djembe fola, little djembe fola, and then take them under their wing and, and start to teach them on the actual drum. So it's like that's kind of the graduation 
that that you see, but the kids are learning not from a structured class, but just because yeah. they're always around it and they're seeing it. And it's it's so interesting to look at Afro-rooted dances everywhere because everywhere else has that. Everywhere else has children that are kind of right there. Um, there's a documentary I show as part of my curriculum called Roots of Rhythm. It can be found on YouTube. And it was um, narrated by Harry Belafonte. Wow. So it, it's like it was in the 1980s. Like it's a pretty old documentary, but it's really, really good. And um, there was he was talking about the evolution of, of rumba. And he was in this neighborhood, a very African neighborhood in Cuba and interviewing people. And then he saw them, you know, all dancing around in the house to the rumba, everybody sharing food and drink and laughter. And then there's a little girl. She comes up and she's doing She's just there doing no rumba. She couldn't be any older than like six or seven, yeah. you know? And how does she know the moves? Cause she's been there, you know, watching them. Yeah. I had a similar uh, experience. Um, the way my husband and our family has connected back to the continent through South Africa. And mm -hmm. so um, everyone has their dances much different. The dances are a lot different than West Africa, but yeah. it's the same context of being mm -hmm. around. Um, I think it's St. Lena that they do and that is a like whew. <laughs> i had a traditional <laughs> wedding i had a traditional wedding my husband and i had a traditional wedding after 25 years uh two years ago and my south african mom just messaged right before the interview and was like happy belated traditional you know anniversary she just, just messaged me on whatsapp but I remember, you know, they were preparing me because it's like, okay, listen, you know, they're like, they've adopted us in and the whole nine, mm -hmm. but they had to teach us because part of that ceremony and part mm -hmm. of it coming out was to come out the right way and yeah. what was expected and dance was involved in that. And mm -hmm. so then, um, they do a high kick rate, a high kick. Oh, the Zulu dance. Yes, honey. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, it's not for it, it and it's funny because they laugh, you know, they laugh. They say, Oh, if you you know, you did good, you did good, you did good. <laughs> and my husband and he's wearing his things and everything. And yeah. um, and then I had an opportunity to go back. I spoke at, spoke at a conference with um Isangoma and um Ababella Thesis, those those are traditional healers and midwives, yeah. and I was with the people like at the big, you know, the with the organizers and stuff, and I heard them go to singing and doing whatever, mm -hmm. and came there, and the go go's, which is what they called the those the them, the go go's were there, and they were getting it in, mm -hmm. and I was like, I gotta leave y'all, I can't miss the actual, you know, what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something because. Even in that, even though most of the women were older, you could see mm -hmm. they were younger midwives, they were younger people, and you could see them trying, like doing things. And right. you could see that it didn't end because I got old and now I can't move. Mm -hmm. And those go go's got out there mm -hmm. old, and they were like, I still got it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I just had to say that because it's so true. Mm -hmm. I love the I love the times when we can, as myself, that mom there's certain times she say okay this is zulu this is whatever and then there's certain times she says this is african this, mm -hmm. is, this is just african mm -hmm. and so i just had I, I thought about that when you mentioned that and also mm -hmm. the part where people see and that whole thing of this is going to be this is bring this person here you know mm -hmm. because 
we talk about a midwifery, you know, if we were in our culture the way it was, someone would identify, yes, mm-hmm. this one right here. This mm-hmm. one, maybe they would say it to the midwife or the midwife would see something in them and they mm-hmm. would be into apprentice in that way. Now mm-hmm. there's school and structure and it's different, but I want to, you know, so your dance, you had a home birth. Yes. <laughs> how does how did how do you feel? Okay, I want you to of course tell whatever you can tell about it, but did your dancing in any way like you talked about the fertility, you talked about the isolation of muscles, you talked about all of that. Was any of that in your mind as a birthing mom? Was it a thought? Was there preparation in any way? Or was it just, you know, you thought back on it and you you thought the relationship to dance, or do you think about dance at all when you think about birth or your home birth or anything? I will say, you know, he, this is my, my home birth was my second pregnancy. And um, the first one was a hospital birth. I was also a lot younger. I was a teen mom. And um, definitely two very different experiences because with my second one, I was, I was a lot healthier because I was dancing. Okay. So um, I did dance throughout the pregnancy. I danced up to like a week before he was born. So, <laughs> yeah. And we didn't even know, we didn't know when he was coming. We just happened to go on holiday break. I probably would have kept dancing. Um, so I wasn't as, I had not studied as in depth on the, the sensual dances then. I actually didn't get that education until later, until after he was born. But I do feel as though, dancing and the awareness of my body, which is what my midwife said. Um, I think it definitely had a lot to do with my experience with the home birth. All I knew was that I just, I wanted to do things differently. Um, And so when I found my midwife, what I liked was whenever I would ask something still kind of coming from the Western medicine uh, perspective, because that's what I was coming out of, but the residue was still there. You know, she would always bring me back to me. She would be like, well, do you feel like you need to stop? (laughs) You know, she was like, do you? She was like, you will know when you need to stop dancing. Cause I would say, do you feel like I need to stop dancing now? Do you, cause I mean, there were people, cause you know, they don't know. They were trying to project a lot of fear, you know, in me. And also to my mate, you know, at the time, there were people like you letting her do like you letting her do all that. And he would look at look at me and look at them and be like, do you see her? Do you see me stopping anything? (laughs) Do you think I have a let opportunity? (laughs) You do know her, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, um, but I, I really very much appreciated that because it was confirming the path that I had been on, you know, a few years, but was still kind of, you know, shaky whenever someone would come along and be like, oh, you, why are you not taking medicine? You're taking them plants. And it's like, I know what I'm doing. I didn't have enough words yet, but I, I knew I knew what I was doing, but I didn't have enough words, you know? So sometimes when someone would come back with that old fear, I would get knocked a little bit. But my midwife was very, um, she was committed to home births, but also doing them, you know, safely. So she, her office was in the same building as, 
a normal like obstetrician, a conventional obstetrician. And so if she, you know, did her physicals, looked at the person, took health information, health history, and if she felt like, I think this person may be a little higher risk, they could go right there still to the same building. She could keep a relationship with them so that they didn't feel like they were just tossed over, but they had access to you know, this other care that they may have needed if they had other contraindications or, or whatnot. So, but it, the, the experience of bringing me back to you will know, it, um, it confirmed this power that we hold. And I think it's just so important for women to have that, except they know, because we're always being told when it comes to our bodies, we don't know. Exactly. <laughs> and women carry that themselves you know that they don't know <laughs> do you feel you like know? what you do you feel like understanding about your body through dance you mentioned mm -hmm. being a spiritual kind of thing even before you had identified it necessarily as that but mm -hmm. do you feel like it in any way influenced your home birth was was your home birth what you desired for it to be yeah it definitely was i mean we um we had the house like set a certain way, I'd gone and gotten a dressed lavender candle. I was like, this is gonna be the candle when I'm in labor. Um, and there was a lot of meditation. We were doing that all like throughout the pregnancy because those are practices I'd already kind of gotten into before. So, um, you know, utilizing certain herbs to strengthen and prepare, you know, my, my uterus for contractions. We were doing like a lot of that stuff like throughout the pregnancy using visualization practices for, you know, the contractions. I mean, at some point, some of that goes out the window yeah. and just become wild woman. <laughs> but, uh, my midwife said also that that was okay. You know, that that's just the primal energy. So if you need to grunt, you need to scream, you do it. You know, that's all part of the process. So, and so, okay. So I just, what would you tell at this place that you're in now? What would you mm -hmm. tell or would you would you have any thoughts or anything that you could share with women that I mean, because you're just amazing. I just have to say that. You're amazing. I sit here and I'm like, man, I mean, just could go on and on with so many different things that you say that you've talked about, how you prepared your womb, how you prepared, mm -hmm. you know, um, through meditation and how you use your spirituality to prepare for birth, mm -hmm. which is also um, African and which is also one of those things that um, was preserved somewhat, like was preserved um, before we integrated and assimilated into this society. Mm -hmm. We understood some things, we remember mm -hmm. some things. Um, but is there anything that you would say to someone that is, you know, because I hear people talking about dance a lot mm -hmm. and pregnancy and everything. Is there anything you would say to a woman um, or advice or anything that really wanted to utilize dance as a, as a way to prepare for her pregnancy, um, mm -hmm. for her birth during pregnancy, for to prepare pregnancy after you know just the whole nine? Is there anything yeah. you, you would offer? Um, I would tell them it is perfectly okay. You know, don't let anyone tell you that it's not. Of course, barring that you have, you know, some sort of indication medically that you can't move. 
but it is okay. Don't be afraid to, you may even find that you want to, you know, that it feels good. I didn't just dance like during my pregnancy. I also like walked and jogged up to a certain point. Like I did yoga. I went to yoga classes. Like I did it all. Um, so don't be afraid to move your baby. Just want to move with you. Um, your baby's going to be okay. Your baby's going to be happier. You know that you are moving and that you are, are healthy. Um, movement helps abate some of those symptoms like nausea. Okay. I did experience that firsthand. So, um, and also that, you know, you'll know what you need to do. I know I did. I knew when it was time to stop doing quick turns. <laughs> My body let me know. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, ma'am. There's ah! too much belly for that. <laughs> I love that. I just my clients often, and, and many many of those of us who support women in birth will say, "Look, the same way you got the baby in is the same way you need, you know, to yeah, to, mm-hmm. the baby out." And that's what yeah. I think about when you talk about that, when you mention mm-hmm. in the movement, because I think that. Um, especially when, you know, people are laying in the bed and are not really moving and you have to ask, you mm-hmm. know, if you're inserting settings, can I, right. you know, can I do whatever? I just yeah. want to thank you so much for taking the time to thank talk you. to us about who you are. I'm like, where has she been all my life? <laughs> oh my goodness. But well, I just, this is the positive part of social media is that you come across awesome people. <laughs> Man, you are amazing. And I would just I, I I will be following you just I just, you. just because and and hoping and praying. I just talked to a dancer um and I was like, you got a class, you got a something <laughs> You know, it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm doing, I, you know, I'm doing this, this thing or whatever, but dancing when, when I read, when I saw that you said, talked about it as um, an expression of faith and spirituality, I think it resonated with me because that's what it feels like to me. It is like um, total abandon in that way. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it feels like a renewal and things. Mm -hmm. Can you tell can you tell them those who just want to stay connected to you? Maybe those that are in what Jacksonville, Florida area. Yes, mm-hmm. that might want to connect with you in any kind of way. Can you um, can you share with them your information and how they can contact you? Yes, um, on Instagram for my dance group, our Instagram information is um, the at symbol non comma jacks. So that's N A N N K A M A J A X. And then on Facebook, we are non comma Pan African Drum and Dance. By the time you start typing in non comma Pan African, we'll come up. <laughs> we will come up. So it's first word N N A N, second word N K A M A, and then Pan African, and we should pop up. Um, my personal information Instagram is um, Fatu underscore Silla. So that's F A T O U underscore S Y L L A. And then on Facebook, it's my name, how it's displayed here, Krista Fatusila. You can find me. Oh, Fatu, you are amazing. I'm so grateful that <laughs> I'm grateful for the comment that you left that had me go say, Who is this beautiful, this, this little melanated thing with this beautiful one? Who is this? I'm so grateful for that. And then to be able to speak to you today, you have Thank really encouraged just so much of me and then even as a um 
uh, as a birth worker and one who is always working to gather information, you've given me places to look for things. So I want to say thank you. For those who um, want to connect with her, she said her information, but it will also be included below at the blog. If you are listening on the podcast, then go to my website, drdula.com. Look at the blog. When you see that gorgeous face, that is her. And also look around my site to see the other things that I offer. I appreciate you so, so much. Thank you. And we as a community appreciate you and appreciate what you're doing. This is such an important like movement, you know, to bring bring women back to these traditions regarding birth, especially when we're dealing with higher mortality rates and hospital births. Like it's ridiculous that we're having to go through that. And so thank you so much for getting out there and educating people and putting on this show and doing your blogs and and everything. And I really appreciate you inviting me. Oh my gosh. And that's the thing. I believe like when I saw you and I'll say this really quick, I, I saw, I said, you know, I, I'm recognizing more and more. It's not just the legislation. It's mm-hmm. not just, oh, they've never, you know, the, the society has never treated, you know, diasporic Africans, thus those whose, whose ancestors were trafficked here correctly. Right. So how were we sustaining ourselves mm-hmm. before? And we mm-hmm. were. Mm-hmm. And things yeah. we've forgotten. And when I saw you, I said, she sees spirituality in this. And I recognized even that it was one of those things that when you listen to old midwives and you listen to traditional midwives, they talk about the spirituality of it and that they had a dependence on a higher source that was beyond. And Mm -hmm. until we get that back and look at every avenue of things, Mm -hmm. that includes this spiritual expression of dance, until Mm -hmm. we get it back, Yes, that's my scream I've been holding in. I've been holding in my scream the whole time. <laughs> I appreciate you, sis. Thank you so much. You. Just look at just oh my goodness, she's amazing. <laughs> and if you're in the area, see what you can do to just get connected with her. And we will see you next time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>